Attention! Welcome to the Film Mages Podcast, where the popcorn is our ammunition, the couch is our foxhole, and the cinema is our place of worship. Now let me see your war face! My computer just shut off when you did that. Why'd you do that? Is your computer shut off? No, there it is. That's oh, good. okay. Yeah. We're recording. Are we? Yeah. I started it out. Oh, great. Okay, yeah. good. Pretty good? Feeling Fantastic. Good? You're yeah. looking I'm feeling good. incredible. You feeling incredible, Alexis? I'm feeling a little better than your hair is looking. Okay, all right. Well, you know, <laughs> wow. I was wow. working this You know Monday, what? You so. know what, Alexis, on Zach's behalf, you know, sometimes you just look like shit. <laughs> all right. Well, how about you go fuck yourself, buddy? And we're starting out like this? How you know, about I, you go I, straight to fucking one of hell? My, one of my favorite moments, I was working on a farm, and I woke up feeling really, really shitty. I went to work, and the guy, he looked at me, my boss, he went, wow, you look the way I feel. And I said, damn, you must be feeling pretty sexy then. Uh, <laughs> he liked it. Uh, that's, uh, he pat me on the shoulder. That's a little fornicated in the cornfields. Yeah, that's a little preview for uh, one of the movies on my horror list, uh, Deliverance. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Yeah. No. So we're starting out like <laughs> Make that. Him squeal like a pig. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> this has already started out so bad. This is. Uh, hi, I'm Zach. I'm Alexis. And. I am Mick. And I wish he wasn't, but we're the film majors. And And we can't be contained, apparently. We can't be stopped. You can't cork this bottle. Yeah, no matter how much I want to. No one trusts each other, and we're all very very tired. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So, uh, yeah, what's going going on? What's going on? No! Oh, I blew it! Oh, I blew it so hard! Wow. What? That was you bad. said what's going on before I cut. I haven't seen you blow it that hard since. What? Well, no. We won't yeah, talk about it. You said that. what's no. going on. Now we're in it. Now we're in it. We, yeah. It's, okay. uh, it's whoever right. says it first. It's happened now. Yeah. Okay. We just sort of slipped into it. Yeah. Oh. oh no. You're. I didn't even mean <laughs> it like that. <laughs> you're like 10 y'all, for 10 right y'all, now. y'all gotta get your mind out of the gutter. Come on now. Come on. This I is a professional podcast. Let's keep it. Pro- <laughs> <laughs> I was born in it. Molded by the gutter. I did not see the streets until I was a young man. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Zach, you're a whole. You've had a whole revolution around the sun, right? You're a whole year older. Yeah, I. I Happy birthday, buddy. Thank you. How does it feel to be 25? 24. 24. Nice. Yeah. I still you got look good. I don't kid. even live <laughs> here and I know that. Yeah, so, uh, fun, fun story. Uh, Yesterday I was. Uh, yesterday was my actual birthday. We're recording on the tenth now, uh, and I uh, I was just kind of sitting on the couch and I moved my neck and I was like, "Ow, ow, that hurts!" And uh, it still does. Welcome to your mid twenties, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to your it was mid-20s. so immediate. Immediately when I hit my mid twenties. Good morning, Zach. What the fuck happened to my neck? How's the neck? Still a bit stiff. <laughs> still a bit stiff. Yeah, so I uh, I spent most of this morning uh, when I wasn't working begging my girlfriend to just like dig her elbow into my neck, and she she got tired of that pretty quick. Oh yeah, also I was on her podcast. That'll uh, that'll be out the day before this airs. It's called Formerly Straight. You can find it on uh, all streaming things. And 
yeah. all streaming things. All stream, nice. all places you can stream stuff. It's on it's on Netflix. It's on Hulu. Uh, no, it's on Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Podcasts, all all the stuff. Great. I love uh, a good strong stream. Yeah. <laughs> It's uh, it's a podcast talking about queer news and queer issues, and uh, I was very honored to be on it. And uh, you can hear me talk a lot about uh, my relationship with Mick and <laughs> the Lord of the Rings, <laughs> <laughs> talking about homoeroticism in straight male friendships. Yeah, or just male friendships, I guess. Yeah, tasty. I can't wait to listen. It's my to that. favorite. Uh, I'll definitely <laughs> tune in for this episode. Oh, All right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's that's what's going on uh, in my uh, that's what's going on in my personal life. I please stop <laughs> making those noises. I'm begging you. Yeah, just like you begged the other night, huh? No, you haven't been around. You've been at work. This isn't even real. This isn't even relevant. Fuck. What is I mean, real? You're, you're sleeping when he comes in. Oh, yes, I see it. I'm a real light sleeper, child. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gotta sleep. It basically, sometime. is like <laughs> yeah. the Antarctic Research Station here now. Yeah. Uh, You're gonna have to sleep sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, in terms of what's going on with uh, with film stuff, I have something I'd like to talk about. Sure. What's going on, Zach? Uh, well, what's going <laughs> on is uh, I checked out the uh, Marvel Disney Plus special Werewolf by Night, directed by Michael Giacchino, who's one of my favorite producer favorite composers he directed it yes he directed it really yeah he uh, apparently he went to film school he always planned on being a Weird. director he got into music uh but he never stopped wanting to direct and he directed this uh sort of genre pastiche uh homage to like classic universal monsters it's in black and white and uh i shockingly enjoyed myself i found a lot of the uh output from marvel and disney to be pretty homogenous what's it called Werewolf by Night. And, uh, yeah, I... My biggest complaint is that I felt like there was enough story to justify a full feature film. Uh, and, you know, you could have put this out as one of your theatrical releases. <gasps> Gael Garcia Bernal is in it? Yeah. Oh, Ooh. my. I like that. You, you should have opened to that, buddy. Don't, yeah. bu- don't bury the lead so deep. I know. You know, I used to unearth it. <laughs> Bring it to the surface and let me see the bunny. Dig it out. Uh, you know, <laughs> last time we recorded, I was on the opposite table, opposite side of the table from Mick and Alexis. Uh-huh. Uh, and, you know, I was, I was really enjoying it, but now I don't like that they're both staring me down and I feel really, really uncomfortable. Good. Uh, so yeah, Werewolf by Night. I liked it. I thought it was it was a fun little special, and I think Michael Giacchino should get to direct more stuff. Here, here. As a huge Michael Giacchino fan in his music, I haven't seen anything he's directed. I wholeheartedly agree with the statement that you just made. Great. Awesome. I'm in. I don't know why I'm just like in NPR mode today. <laughs> You're you are, listening to Fresh Air. None of what you opened with <laughs> would be on NPR. <laughs> Sure? I don't know. It was pretty Terry Gross. <laughs> it was certainly Terry. Oh man! So is that it? Is that it? Is That's that all you got going on? What yeah. I have going on? Wow. You know, this is a three-person podcast. Somebody else jump the fuck in. I wow. I have a correction from uh, Allison from Humble. She's let us know that we forgot to say. Hi, Allison. <laughs> we miss you. 
Hope you're doing well. Oh, she's doing great. And she's also telling all of her coworkers about our podcast. So. Oh, fantastic. Thank you, Allison. I'm so. glad you're listening, Allison. Really, really, I hope Brad's well. I miss <laughs> she, his meat. She, she said that we missed everything everywhere all at once in our 2020. I thought about list. that when I was in yeah. the shower yesterday. And I was like, uh, you know what? <laughs> I don't know. I like the movie. You're, you know, she's right. She's right. I like yeah. the movie. I didn't love it the way everyone else did. I'll probably have to revisit it. She very it, specifically but. told me to say that she's upset and insulted. Well, we don't, want to we don't want to upset, upset our fans. Or insult our fans. Exactly. Yes. So, Allison, if you're listening, which I'm sure you are, I apologize. You're absolutely right. This should have been on the list. And she also agreed that she really liked Do Revenge, which was the teen movie I brought up last week. Um, so whenever it is that I get a month to myself to curate a teen movie month, I'm thinking at some point next year, it will be on the list. Okay. Yes. Is that a new movie? It just we dropped like a few weeks ago. We talked about it last episode. Yeah, we like, You probably weren't listening to me. So. I haven't even heard the episode yet. Mick doesn't listen to our podcast or... Yeah, me. that's part of what's going on for me is I've only listened to the first episode of this. And everyone's telling me how great this show is. And I really appreciate it. And I, uh, I love you guys. Keep on listening. For the record, so Mick, that I don't have to. <laughs> Mick is doing the absolute least work on this podcast. Yeah. Alexis and I edit it. Alexis and I run the social media. Mick just sits there and looks wet. Yeah. <laughs> he just sits here and smokes his vape. Yeah. He just blows smoke in our face. Blows clouds. I blow clouds. I rip mad vapes. Who's clouds? <laughs> Who's is that? Clouds? Is anything else you have going on, Alexis? Um. I had an interesting experience. Oh, you know what? Actually, uh, can I can I tell this story from set? What story? The running story. Oh sure. Yeah. So I'm no, not naming any names or anything, but uh, our first AD needed a new thing in the ear. This is a, a new great, great story. So <laughs> I did, I, I I'm not going to name uh... names. I'm not going to name objects. I'm not going to say where it was or when, but... <laughs> uh, no, the things that you plug into a walkie, I think they're called surveillance. The surveillance, surveillance mic. Yes, yes. So I had to go get one from his car, and uh, I mean, it seemed pretty important, so I decided to run. So, And I'm not a runner. I mean, I would say that I'm pretty out of shape. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. Um, this set is kind of kicking my ass. You are kind of like a dwarf. Where you're not built for long distance, but you are extremely dangerous. It. Uh, I'm. Stu- I would say that I'm like sturdy. I'm in it for like the long haul, but I'm not in it for a fast haul. You know. You could walk for a while. Yeah, yeah I could definitely walk for a while. Walker. You could do a I day could... at Six Flags and feel just fine. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. But you know, like on the twelfth or thirteenth hour, having a nice little run to a parking lot, like two parking lots away. It was a little beyond me. And then as I was running back, the cast was coming up in um, in a golf cart, and I ended up jogging be- jogging next to them for a while, and then they floored it. And so then instead I was jogging behind them, and I, you know, I'm not, I'm not pretty when I run. I'm just gonna put it out there. I'm, I get a really ugly red flush on my face. I'm sweating mad drops all around you know and so i and so i was running behind this golf cart trying to get back to set as fast as i could and then they started recording me (laughs) and when they recorded me they said run forest run (laughs) and i could have perished on the spot immediately right then 
And I, if, if they hadn't have been there, I definitely would have stopped at some point to catch my breath. But because they were at that point recording me, I couldn't bitch out. And I had to run the entire rest of the way to set because they did not stop recording me as I was running. <laughs> yeah, once you're in it, you gotta finish. Congrats, Gump. So it's great. I am in, I'm in a famous person's camera roll. So it's great. It's good. It's great. Um, I got back to set. red flushed face. Oh, it's going to be so ugly. Um, yeah, whatever. That's immortalized. I got back to set, and first AD was like, did you run? And I was like, <sighs> yeah. And uh, yeah, that's great. I toweled myself off, got back to work. That's my favorite part of the story there. I toweled myself <laughs> off. I told her last night, like, I've had some pretty rough and intense days on very hot sets, and I've never once had to towel myself off. <laughs> that's a funny, that's a great ending. I love that. That's I, fun. I've definitely had to at least, like, like paper towel myself off. On that's what you did, right? Do, yeah, it was paper towels. Yeah, like, you, didn't, you didn't have, like, a gym yeah. towel. No, I, I like should, I, I put water on the paper towels and I was like wetting down my face and then like I took some dry ones and then like wiped it all off and God I was, I was so red and I was so splotchy it was it was a bad look I get pretty damp on my <clears throat> back it's my back that gets okay really do you bad. remember the first episode where you were talking about all the names that Guy Ritchie gives to his and there's boy, boy sweat Dave boy sweat Alexis boy yeah, sweat boy Alexis sweat, I've been yeah. saying that every day on set like, oh man as it goes on I'm like boy sweat Alexis is up I'm glad you finally brought that up because I wanted to bring up a great Guy Ritchie name that I forgot to mention during our gentleman episode and okay. that is brick top I love it. is it brick top or bricked up Brick top. Uh, I'm bricked up. It's, yeah, the name is Brick Top. Brick Top. Brick okay. Top is bricked up. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, you know, Forrest Gump reminded me of a, a funny thing that uh, my brother said yesterday that, Mick, I think you'll appreciate. Mm. He referred to Dennis Rodman as the Forrest Gump of basketball because he just kind of shows up at, like, oh, at influential the most, yeah. world events That's unexpectedly. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sports Alexis. Yeah. Sports. yeah. We love him and we, we know him. We, I think great. I literally blacked out for a second. I didn't hear any of that. That's what that loud thump was. Yeah. <laughs> head hitting the floor. Alexis, you're not hacking and coughing. Yeah. What's changed? Isn't that she started smoking. It's fixed it. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, by the way. This exactly episode true. is brought to you by cigarettes. Cigarettes. Why live long when you can look cool? Right. That's true. You know, they actually did, they did a scientific study where they put people, they put a bunch of students in an uh, MRI CAT scan where you can, you know, see brain waves and stuff, and they would show yeah. pictures of people, and they would try to see what activates the part of the brain that's associated with attraction. And any time it came up with a picture of a person with a cigarette, that activated more. So it's actually scientifically proven, kids. <laughs> Smoking <laughs> does make you look cooler. I mean, proven. thank even- you. Thank you to the movies for helping perpetuate that. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. In high school, I loved the smell of cigarettes. So any of those, like, honestly frail, orphan-looking, tall young men that smelled like cigarettes. (laughs) She has a type. (laughs) Have they seen the sun in a while? If that description meets you, I am sorry. If you look like Oliver... Unfortunately, you have a chance with her. If you look like Oliver Twist and you have a pack of Marlboro Reds on you, 
Call Alexis Abizia. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we'll have a hotline here at the end of the episode. Oh, Glory you sigs. Okay. Um, I don't know. I think maybe I should just bring this story up when we actually talk about the movie. So. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah. I don't really have anything going on. I haven't really seen any new movies lately. I've been working so much. I have a really, yeah. I have a really fun experience meeting a very, very famous actor on set. I'm not gonna name who it is. So, uh, that's pretty much it. But uh, he's a very old Sicilian man. He sure is. But I have to say, I have to say, he's a very, very sweet person. Um, Yeah, it's really cool to meet him and finally work with him. So hopefully that goes well. This upcoming week, Alexis and I are going to work with him some more, and we'll see if uh, if that changes. But um, yeah, so far, really nice guy. All right. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I saw Smile. It was alright. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm still trying to go see Bros. Bros is good. You yeah, should check out Bros. Definitely. Oh yeah, no, I said that I would I would talk a little bit about Bros on uh, on Sloan's podcast, so I'm just gonna say that uh, Bros, it's pretty good. I love a I love a like mid budget romantic comedy. We should make more of those. We should tell more of those stories with gay people. Yes. Go see it. Don't worry, I'm on it. They should Thank remake. You, <laughs> they should remake Hitch, but for queer people, but still have it be just as problematic as the one from 2005. Oh, Great. That I movie has not. Women. That movie has not aged well. By the way, when was the last time you saw Hitch? Uh, never. Oh never. my! You've never seen it? I I've watched... seen parts of it because oh, like my family man. watched it. I grew but... up with that movie and I watched it again about a few months ago. I remember when I was a kid. Th- there's this very important scene in it where the female characters are like screaming at Will Smith, like "You were taking advantage of women." And all of us back then were like, "No, you don't understand. Like he's just helping them." And then you see it now, and you're like, "No." You are taking advantage of women. It's not cool. So yeah, go watch Hitch. Great time. I'm so glad that, you know, you're learning. <laughs> oh, thanks, Alexis. I appreciate it. Is that a knock at my door? No, it wasn't me. Well, yeah, I asked if it was at the door. I know. I don't know. All right, I'm going to choose to... You said your door, not the door. I said the door. <laughs> oh. oh. You teed me up for I, that one, buddy. I am... Uh, I have like the worst mental image. Can we move on? Yeah, no. Do we want to be done with what's going on? Yeah, yeah I think we should be yeah, done with what's going on. Like, I don't think there's much going on. Let's be no. done with it. Yeah. Um, we have no no interesting lives when we're working. <laughs> no, you do not. No. Yeah. And um. No love in our life. Well, sorry. <laughs> I'll try to I'll try to do a hitch situation for you, Alexis. No, thank you. I'll try to manipulate someone into following. We'll in call love Kevin with you. James. See what he's okay. doing. That oh. makes it sound like no one can fall in love with me. I don't well, want it. I don't want it to sound like that. Uh. <laughs> Damn. I feel like. Dunked in the water face first. I feel like I, I get it pretty good on this podcast quite a bit, so it's, it's nice to dish it out. A it is bit. nice. Do not say one. anything about me getting it, Mick. I swear to God. I wasn't going to say anything. I was just going to make it look. Yeah, don't do that either. Don't perceive me. Um, I think someone's, someone's vacuuming. vacuuming. Oh, all right. Uh, yeah, no, our upstairs neighbors are like the loudest people on earth. Except uh, for us. 
Yeah, we're I was about to say, you guys like blast this fucking TV well, at is, like midnight. This sometimes. is why I've never talked to our upstairs neighbors because I'm like, there's just, there's got to be an understanding. You know, we're loud, they're loud. Yeah. Neither of us can come. Every time I see them outside, they're always very kind. So, yeah. yeah. No, they're nice. Keep that going. They're nice, loud yeah. people. I like a good, loud person. Oh, good. That's why I like you, Zach. Yeah. I like you too. Almost. Mm. Uh, uh, yeah. I wanted to. There's. Oh. <laughs> I wanted to talk about <laughs> underrated performances from famous actors because I think there's one in the movie that we just watched. What movie did we just watch? Oh, well, we're going to talk about it in a second. I don't want I mean, I'm not we, trying to segue, I'm just trying to remember. Oh, what do you mean? We watched <laughs> we literally, it. You literally just finished watching. Yeah, this was viewed le- Sorry. Nice Alexis. This was viewed less than an hour ago, I think. <laughs> Oh my god. Um, yeah, so I uh, one that I have been thinking about personally is uh, I've been thinking about Sam Neill in the film In the Mouth of Madness. It's uh, That's a good one. Yeah, it's an underseen John Carpenter film. We were just talking about John Carpenter, so he came to mind. And uh, yeah, I think that it is a really committed, really funny performance. Uh, that allows Sam Neill to both be incredibly dry and cynical and uh, also lets him go just absolutely balls-to-the-wall bananas. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's uh, that's one underrated performance from a famous actor that I love. I have one. Please. Michael Keaton from, and I've recommended this movie before, The Paper. It's a uh, Ron Howard film from the 90s with Marissa Tomei, Robert Duvall, Glenn Close. Really good ensemble movie about a newspaper. It's basically just the day in the life of a newspaper editor. And Michael Keaton absolutely has... He's he's overacting, but it's so, so good. We always talk about how great Michael Keaton is, but that's a performance that I never hear talked about, and it is very, very good. He has one of the best flip-outs on the phone I've seen in any movie. It's so, so good. If you ever want to watch a nice movie on Sunday afternoon, I recommend Ron Howard's The Paper. I, uh, yeah, I felt pretty heavily with, like, a newspaper movie. They're great. I, That's why I recommend it to you. I know you like them. And, and it's, it's one of my favorites. Another one that I love with Michael Keaton, Spotlight, I think, you know. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I don't know. There's something that I find very comforting about a newspaper movie, and they very often deal with, like, incredibly fucked up subject matter, like Zodiac is another one for me. You've seen All the President's Men, right? Yes. That's such a good one. Alexis, have you seen that? No. You really should. Maybe that's we should a, talk about that at some point. That, that's a really good classic film, actually, we should review. Yeah. That's really great. Dustin Hoffman, Robert Redford, classic. Cool. What about you, Alexis? What's, a, what's an underrated performance from a famous actor that you would like to bring to the podcast table? You know, sometimes I think to myself, it would be nice to prepare in advance for these things. Yeah, you know, Alexis, I didn't have any preparation <coughs> either. He just hit me with that, but I had one. So. Yeah. yeah. Why aren't you a special boy? Mm. I, uh, I have another one that I could bring up while, you know, Alexis gathers her thoughts. <laughs> you one. know, you guys make me sound like I don't have my shit together, but you literally just brought up this topic ten minutes before we started this. Well, you so. know, we could have discussed this at any point this week, but you guys were working. Oh, how tragic we're making a living. Yeah, fuck you. Fuck you both. <laughs> I have work today, and I'm going back to it after this podcast. <laughs> um, no, one that 
I wanted to bring up is uh, Sam Rockwell in Galaxy Quest. Yes! Oh, that's a good one. Right? That's such a good one. Yeah, I feel like for a long There's time... a little red thingy going what? towards the green thingy. I think I think we're the green thingy. Yeah, I, I feel like there would have been a long time where this would be a stretch because Sam Rockwell, I feel like, was a classic that guy actor where people didn't really know who he was. But I feel like he's now... Yeah got enough of a profile oh okay here's a funny story i worked on a slipknot music video nice and there was a point where the guys in slipknot are all like sitting off to the side getting ready to do a photo shoot mm -hmm. and one of them is like hey man you know who's a fucking just underrated actor sam rockwell and then they i just listened nice. to the slipknot guys in their like scary masks jam for about 20 minutes on how much they love Sam Rockwell. So, Mr. Rockwell, I know you're listening to the podcast. Uh, the Slipknot guys love you. But, uh, yeah, his uh, his performance in Galaxy Quest absolutely cracks me up. Really good, really good. You know, it's funny, uh, I know the movie's not very good. I'm going to swing this over to Marvel for a second. I'll be there as shortly as I can. Oh, I know what you're going to say. Yeah, I, yes, you're absolutely right. Yeah, I, it's not a great movie, Iron Man 2, but i got to say, he's one of my favorite quote-unquote villains of the mcu sam rockwell playing justin hammer. justin hammer thank you i love his performance in that he's so good at playing this sleazy rich fake tan uh character it's i i love it it's i think it's one of the best parts of the film i i can't remember the joke he makes about the missile called the ex-wife yeah but there's a scene where he is just like listing off names he has for different weaponry yeah. they're putting on the like Iron Man suit they're giving to Don Cheadle and it is like just yeah. hysterical it's like something where it's like a missile that like punctures the room and it like kills everyone inside yeah. I call it the ex-wife ex um, yeah no and in Galaxy Quest he plays a guy who he plays guy Yes, he that's plays, his, name. his name he plays guy. guy he played a guy on this Star Trek TV show like a quote-unquote red shirt who you know just dies with no fanfare yeah. and when he gets into this like space adventure he is terrified that because no one knows his name he's going to die yeah <laughs> what's out there air you don't know i don't even have a last name i'm crew number crew member number six guy you have a last name do i <laughs> do i <laughs> sorry uh alexis you look like you have a thing yeah, who is it? Uh, you know what? Uh, this movie came out about nine years ago. It's called Short Term 12. Um, so it has Brie Larson in it. As, oh, I've like, heard of this. Show me a picture. <laughs> yeah, but Lakeith Stanfield is in this movie, and he has a small part, but it is incredibly good um and this i think you know this is before he like really got big so like now that i'm like looking back on it i'm like oh i don't think people really ever think about that because not a lot of people saw this movie because it was kind of an indie i haven't seen it. but um yeah it's about uh you know uh well brie larson is like one of the kind of caretakers supervisors at like a foster care facility um it's really good i, I would highly recommend it for sure 
Nice. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. I, I had heard of Short Term 12, but I don't think I knew Remy what it was about. Yeah, uh, Lakeith, what? Remy Malik is in it. Right? Yeah, he has. Uh, he also has a very small part there. Uh, but Lakeith, he uh, has like kind of like this short little rap that his character um, kind of uh, comes up with to express some feelings. And it in, in just the like one minute that he recites this rap, this poetry, um, breaks me every time, so... That's right mine. Short term 12. Check it out. I know mm-hmm. I will. Yep. Love it. Love it. Well Looking done, Alexis. Forward. I'm proud of you. Thank Did you it. so much. I had to do a little research, but I got back on top. I think we got through it. Back in the saddle. Oh. Back in the <laughs> saddle again. I don't like you guys both looking at me and talking about saddles. I'm glad that I'm closer to the door. I... I kind of love being next to Mick because we get to like share looks back and forth and just like kind this of is, this drive is why our I miss being on soul. the other side of the table because it feels yeah. like you've got you've got a buddy who you're you're ganging up with. But that's the great thing about the film majors. <laughs> Doesn't matter what part of the table we sit on, we're always gonna have a buddy by our side to make the other person feel really uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, well, Zach, there's Zach, a lot of there's a lot of. If Alexis was up. sitting over there, Zach, it'd be you and me staring her down. Yep. No, it is. It it, it, do, it feels unnerving, I, and also I feel I, like I could throttle you guys when you guys are together. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna say next episode <laughs> I'm sitting over there with Alexis. I think we should all sit on the same side. I don't think that we should all sit on the same side, get real close, and hold hands. Yeah, and all talk into the same microphone. <laughs> this is good. This is good. Uh, yeah, Let's get all I, the bad ideas is... out first. <laughs> This is a good episode. This I is think a great episode. There's a lot that we're talking about. It's um, so movie oriented. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It yeah. Is. You know what I like is that it was cloudy this morning. I do love a good cloudy morning. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. I, it was certainly cloudy for me because I'm still hungover as we're recording this. But... <laughs> and it is Monday. <laughs> yeah, because my weekend is Sunday, Monday. Yeah, well, you know. Go fuck yourself. Um, I think he does. I already did. I think. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I have a question. Yeah. Why why are we talking about actors that are like famous but given, you know, really good performances that are perhaps underrated? Is that perhaps related to something? It might be related to what something. What would that be related to? It might be related what, to our film of the week, it? which was also on the Zach's Halloween spooktacular list. <laughs> That's great. We talked about that sound effect beforehand, and you executed that perfectly. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Zach's spooky season list, I think, deserves some fanfare. I, yeah, no. We should have, Composed like, a little... Composed by Mick. <laughs> we should have, like, an... We should use the scream... So loud. ...that Alexis did for our short film, uh, uh, Bloody Mary. <gasps> that should be the recording we do. Actually, yeah. Uh... Um, yeah, so the movie we're talking about is Robert Zemeckis' Death Becomes Her. It's a 1992 film starring Meryl Streep, Goldie Hawn, and Bruce Willis. Isabella Rosalini. Yes. Uh, Who was also in a movie that I enjoyed earlier this year, Marcel the Shell with Shoes Up. I thought that was a charming little film. I I still still haven't haven't seen seen it. I've heard good things. It has, like, kind of incredible Foley work. Uh, I know you love good Foley work. I do love good Foley work. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I wanted to talk about underrated performances from famous actors in relation to Death Becomes Her because I think that Bruce Willis. Get, what are you guys doing over there? 
She's touching me, and I don't like it. Well, you know, <laughs> suck it up. Alexis, it touch him as much as you want. No, it's just the kneecap. No, Alexis, you're That's in the right. That's how it touch starts. Him. <laughs> touch him as much as you want, Mick. Deal I've heard that said in court before. <laughs> it was just the kneecap. <laughs> okay, now she's hitting the mic now. Uh, back on, let's get this train back on the rails here. Toot, toot, here comes Bruce Willis playing Ernest Menville. Yes, and I love that Bruce Willis is playing this pathetic little weaselly man three years after he made his debut as an action star in Die Hard, and he is so good in this movie, and he is so pathetic. Like, irredeemably yeah. pathetic. I, I have never, for the life of me, I've never seen Bruce Willis give a goofy, weaselly performance, and it's so good. I wish he had done it more. I yeah, really wish Bruce really Willis had done it. more comedy. And I and I, when I say weaselly and goofy, I'm not. That's not a slight against him. If you've seen the movie Death Becomes You, you'll know what I mean. It's 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 a genuinely funny performance that he gives. It's it's over the top. It's it, it's really fun. It reminds me of um, my favorite kind of comedy. I've talked about it before is Neil Simon type, where it's very quick witted and it's all on the page. This very much reminded me of that the screenplay is from Martin Donovan. I'm not that familiar. Martin Donovan and I believe David Kep. David uh, David Kep. David Kep. Yeah, 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 yeah. David Kep. David Kep wrote. I feel like just about everything. Mm. What, what else has he written? David Kep wrote Jurassic Park. Wow. David Kep wrote the original oh, wow. Spider Man. David wow. Kep wrote the original Mission Impossible. Wow. He is just like he's got his finger in all the sauce. Yes. Oh. <laughs> You know how you were talking about how you don't like mix aquatic metaphors? Yeah, I don't, I don't like, like your, your sauce-related sauce metaphors. She's kind of the sauce boss here. <laughs> the sauce boss, that's right. Oh boy. The sauce boss of Venos. It's that's Alexis. It's but thick gravy. You can keep it spicy and thick. Ugh. Yeah. God. It puts the sauce in the fucking basket. <laughs> It rubs the sauce on its skin or else it gets the <laughs> Oh my god, uh, we did not mention that we have a celebrity guest. It's Ted Levine, everybody. How are you doing, Ted? I'm doing real good. I really, really enjoyed your performance as cop number two in Heat. Oh, that's great. I really appreciate that. Would you, would you pod me? I'd pod me. I'd pod all over this cast. All right, thank you, Ted. That was a lot of. That All was, right, this is really pleasant. That for me. was great. I, I have some things to attend to. I think Ted Levine was just doing an impression of uh, Vincent D'Onofrio from Men in Black. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, he, he sounded pretty good like that. He sounded like he oh, needed yeah, some I got sugar one water more for you. That's watermelon to feed. No, thank you, Ted. All right, Ted, please. Uh, we got to get back to Death Becomes Her. Thank you, thank you. Sorry. God, it's, what a weird man. He's strange. He's yeah, yeah. strange. I've really never been a fan of his. I didn't want to say that to him. Uh, yeah, you don't want to say that to his face. Yeah, no, he, uh, he told me that you look like a great big fat person earlier, and I thought that wasn't nice. You know, <laughs> he was really good in Evolution. The David, uh, um, is it David Duchovny? Is that who I'm thinking of? Who's the guy from uh, X-Files? That's David Duchovny. David Duchovny, yeah. David Duchovny, Julianne Moore, and um, uh, fucking... Uh, Orlando Jones in Evolution. That's a really good comedy. Check it out. Cool. Ted Levine's in it. He plays an evil uh, general. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. You know what else is a really good comedy? Death Becomes Death Her. Death Becomes Her. Back on track. Oh, wow. That was great. So uh, this was, was this both of your guys' first time seeing it? Yes. Yes, both of us guys just saw it for the first time. Right. I am, in fact, a man. Yes, she is. What the boys? Yes. I am a boy. Well. Oh, my God. 
God. Thank you for hitting the table so hard that you just popped every single microphone, Mick. Of course. Alexis, what did you think of the movie? Um, I kind of absolutely loved it. And in fact, I must agree with Meryl. I am disgusted with what is his name? Bruce Willis's character? Ernest. Ernest! Ernest! Ernest can go fucking kill himself, okay? <laughs> you know, the Damn. fact the fact that he lived such a nice, pleasant life afterwards, I was just like, you know what? The audacity. How dare he? How dare that white man <laughs> live a long, The white man's peaceful... audacity strikes again. Ugh. Yeah, no, as we were, like, finishing the movie, I was just like, this fucking dude. Yeah, of course he would end up happy. He cheats on his wife, marries her friend kills his wife and then he kills gets the friend kills the uh, friend well his wife kills the friend that's true that's but true. it was his you know what all of it was his fault anyways you know it was all <laughs> his fucking fault and you know what he got to live a nice life afterwards and isn't that just how it always fucking works out yeah, so no, it's okay. It's okay. As a white man, I can't. Even, yeah, it is true. We always make There's it out in the silence end. in this room. Things tend to work out for us. I I love how Helen Sharp, played by Goldie Hawn, when uh, she makes her comeback roughly halfway through the film, comes up to Madeline Ash, played by Meryl Streep, and, and says, "I I don't blame you. I blame him. It was always him." And then she goes up to Bruce Willis and goes, "I don't blame you." It was her. It was always her. I always love a character that very clearly is playing both sides. I'm playing I both love, sides, so I, I always love, come out on top. I love a character yeah. like that. So I, I really enjoyed Goldie Hawn in this. Great, I, great character. I, it's so funny how hard they tried to make Goldie Hawn look frumpy because it is yeah, difficult. it's hard. It's difficult. It's um, difficult Fox. Oh, also, you know what? Her comedic chops, her comedic acting chops are incredible. They're yeah. wicked sharp. I love I love her in Overboard. It's like one of my favorite like comedies from like the great film. What is it? The eighties. Yeah. 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 The... That's a okay. That's an underrated Kurt Russell performance. Actually. Oh Speaking yeah. Speaking of famous With actors, just, like taking his, he's like, yeah, I'm gonna get this fixed up for you, and he's got his suspenders, and he's like rolling them. Mix giving me a weird look. I think it's because I was rubbing my chest. Uh, I'm fine. Yep. Was giving you a look because <laughs> you were a long way from that microphone, fam. Yeah. <laughs> rubbing the titties far from the. Microphone. I was not. It was the side. You know what? It doesn't really matter. You don't need to justify yourself to me. Alexis, you should do whatever makes you feel comfortable. Please don't. Yeah. <laughs> actually, so as, I, as you were saying that, you are like, hmm, maybe not. No, actually, you guys should both do what makes me feel comfortable. <laughs> that's not among those things. Pretending to jerk off, that's not one of the things. That's that right. I know you don't like pretend. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I have to say, speaking of very, very sharp acting chops, uh, or, or not acting chops, but comedic chops, yeah. rather, I, again, it sounds so, so cliche to talk about how good Meryl Streep is, but her, when she goes to the, the big mansion, the, 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 what do you call it, the clinic, I guess, yeah. so, so to speak, um, her acting when she first meets Isabella Rosalini, where she's kind of like looking around the corner, trying to suss things out. It's so good. Meryl Streep is so good. Ugh, I'm saying it, but 
damn. She is. She is incredible. so fucking great. I swear to God, I, I watch her, every time I watch a new movie of hers that I haven't seen before, I always think to myself, maybe this is the day that it won't be as good as the other ones. Nope. And nope, never disappoints, never lets me down. And in fact, this movie did kind of give me the vibe of uh, The Devil Wears Prada a little bit, yeah. just because she's such a wicked bitch. Yeah. I love it. She's very good Living at that. Living for it. I, uh, yeah, there's a little moment from Meryl that just kills me. I, I made a note of this. It's after Goldie makes her comeback and uh, Bruce Willis is like, let's go talk to her. And Meryl Streep makes this little noise that's like, <laughs> that just yeah. destroys me. It's so yeah. funny. Yeah. She can do anything. That's why uh, I have Death Becomes Her in my eight movie, Meryl Streep. DVD box set. Um, do you guys want to hear my notes that I actually did? Of course, please. Okay. Uh, that opening number, though. Yes. I aspire to be both that gaudy and extravagant. <laughs> <laughs> because it was both. And it I is really both. Loved it. Um, I've never seen Goldie Hawn look frumpy, and this man is gaslighting her so hard. He's like, I would never leave you for her. Smash cut. Smash cut to Amy. <laughs> 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 so yeah. I and love a I, good smash cut. Then my, my next note was just, and she was right. Um, <laughs> let's see here. Oh, yeah. They put her in a fat suit. Oh, my God. Okay, so as you know, I was a little hungover this morning. Yeah. I just got some hot and sour soup to go. I'm yeah. not feeling super good. Right when I get the food, I start eating it. I go, oh, okay, this is hitting the spot. And that's when it gets to the Goldie Hawn in a fat suit eating ice cream from her was fingers. It, was it ice cream? I, I thought it was yogurt. Something. I wasn't sure. I think it came out of the freezer, so I'm yeah. leaning towards I don't know what they used, roll. but like, oh, oh my, God, my yeah. God. Not not a good look. Not a good look at all. Yeah, they really love the butt shots in this movie. Yeah. There's like multiple butt shots. I want to talk about Robert Zemeckis for a moment. Okay. Because he is sneakily the maybe the horniest like <laughs> family-friendly director working in Hollywood. I have a great story about that. This is okay. something that got... I'm going to credit the guys on Blank Check for this, but they bring up how in all of his like weird CGI doll movies, at some point there is a big busty woman in polar express there's a uh they go into like the car full of like abandoned toys mm -hmm. and there's like a puppet that looks like basically a burlesque dancer uh in beowulf which i still haven't seen there's a scene where there's a big busty barmaid i don't remember what it is in the polar express all of these women are played by his wife Robert well, that's kind of sweet. It is sweet, but it's also just like... Does she have a big rack? Yeah, life? Robert Zemeckis loves a big, busty pair of boobs. Apparently, he also loves an ass shot based on this film. Absolutely. Yeah, I was noticing that this time. Yeah, when when uh, Meryl Streep takes the potion and you get that ass shot where you it see just each like cheek. Up. Same with her boobs. Yeah. yeah. Oh, one of my favorite lines that she says when she's at the clinic, and she, she says... You just stand there with your 22-year-old skin and tits like rocks. Yeah. <laughs> She's so funny. There's in this a lot movie. of good lines in this film. Oh yeah, when uh when Bruce Willis is like waking up from sleeping on the floor and the the maid or whatever comes in and she's handing him his um bloody mary. Oh, yeah. And then he line? like takes a sip of it and he's like, Ugh. 
More vodka. vodka. <laughs> <laughs> Too yeah. much tomato juice. Can, can I run through a couple of my favorite Bruce Willis moments in this? Okay, yeah. Of course uh, you can. I, ugh, I don't. We'd Even love when, for you to I, do so. I, I, wanna, I want someone else to be in the hot seat. Um, so there's a moment where it's when Goldie is trying to get Ernest back so that she can kill Madeline. And she goes, you're a powerful sexual being, Ernest. I am? Yeah. <laughs> also, uh, the classic when Madeline has been moved to the morgue oh, in the yeah. hospital. That was funny. <laughs> He's like, where's my wife? And the uh, doctor is like, oh, she's dead. She's in the morgue. The morgue? She'll be furious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was really line. good. That was a fantastic, uh, I don't even know if it's, I guess you'd call it a cameo from Sidney Pollack, who played the doctor. Holy cow. That was a funny scene, which most of it was done in one take. But when he when he takes, takes, a, takes a stethoscope and tries to get a, a reading on her heart, can't hear it throws it in the trash, grabs another one, still can't hear it, goes over to Bruce Willis, who's drinking from a flask, and says, hey, can I see that? Takes a shot of whiskey, hands it over, and then he's dead. Yeah. Like, two minutes later, they're <laughs> yeah. trying to resuscitate the doctor. Like he had a heart attack or yeah. something. Yeah. Where are all the doctors? They're all I, in that room trying I'm, to uh, I'll be right back. I'm going to get a second opinion. And then he dies. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have one little... Uh, thing I wanted to say about Robert Zemeckis's uh, camera work he's kind of the anti-John Carpenter because the camera is always moving in a Robert Zemeckis film like the number of setups he does in a scene has to be pretty minimal because like you will not even really like he does some big flashy wonders like I feel like he opens most of his movies with one like in this you have the Tilt down from the yeah New York City skyline past the theater to the playbill with Madeline in the water, and they're always great at setting up like the theme or big plot elements. Like in Back to the Future, there's a tracking shot through Marty's room that's showing details that are going to become important later, like the clock tower. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I don't know. I think that he's very very efficient with the number of shots that he uses because he packs a whole lot of movement into one and reveals a whole ton of information. Speaking of a lot of movement in Robert Zemeckis films and going back to how he's one of the horniest directors, that's that story I have to tell. Uh, My, I have a great aunt. Her name is uh, uh, Auntie Margie. That's what I call her. Very sweet woman. Annie Uh, Margie. And she used to work (laughs) in the film industry uh, back in the 80s and 90s. She was a secretary at MGM, one of the producer's offices. And one day back in, I think it was like, it must have been the early 80s, maybe even late 70s, probably late 70s actually, uh, this film student came in to show a little short film that he made. It was an experimental film. And um, the kid's name was Bob. And uh, the, uh, she took notes for the producer as they were watching this black and white reel, which was a 18-minute uncut shot of a man, a close-up, massaging and shampooing his pubic hair. <laughs> I've heard this story before. And uh, Bob left the office, and they all looked at each other and went, well... 
that kid is gonna go nowhere fast, but we will never forget him. And that Bob was Robert Zumeckis. <laughs> that was a student film funniest. that he made, apparently, that my Auntie Margie had to take notes on. <laughs> so when you say that he's one of the horniest guys, I'm like, yeah, you know what? I could hear, I could believe that. I buy that. Yeah, it tracks. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Wow. Um, yeah, no, I thought I thought this was a really good film. I, man, Isabella Rosalini though. Wow. <laughs> Yo, goodness. her titties were out like the whole time. I loved her outfits. They're, yeah, they were that huge, extravagant. Uh, uh, yeah, what was huge? Thing. <laughs> yeah. Really, really cool. Yeah. Really great. That yeah, that big collared outfit she puts on after uh, Bruce Willis has been kidnapped and mm-hmm. she's trying to make him take the potion mm-hmm. reminds me a bit of an outfit that we're gonna see in the next movie that we talk about. That's what I thought too. Yes. Yeah. You are going to love the costume design. Well, you've oh, seen I've, some I've of them. I've seen some of them you at the, the Academy Museum. Museum. Oh, very cool. Yeah. I still need to go outfit. there. It's so. You great. should really go. I think I cried when I went there. Although I cried when I went to the car museum too. Museums I sat just in the dark me. and listened to some music in the middle of like one of the exhibits. It was nice. Yeah, they had this like blackout room where they play uh, <coughs> orchestrations and stuff. Orchestrations. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know the what is her name? She did the score and one for Joker. Was it Joker? Right. Oh uh, yes, I can't remember her name. Do not remember her name. Uh, well, you look that up. I want to bring up one other thing about this movie, and uh, I forgot what it was. So great. Why don't you say something, Mick? Uh, well, um, I will say that the practical effects in this. Well, you know, yes, okay, there are practical effects. Yeah, but just, it's a blend. The, yes, the blend of practical effects and early CGI in Death Becomes Her are really good. Especially my, you know, I think the standout is when Madeline Ash takes the double barrel shotgun and shoots uh, Helen Sharp, Goldie Hawn, point blank range right in the stomach. She flies back and then you see her get up and you have the water from the from the fountain she falls in cascading out of her opened uh, stomach wound. And it's all practical, but they blend it with the CGI and it's really good effects. Really, really great effects. Yes, I think that... Holds up really well. I think that Zemeckis rightly gets a lot of shit for the stuff that he has done with cgi in recent years tom hanks plays everything uh yeah well i mean i don't know if that's the biggest complaint i think the haunted doll eyes in those movies uh are maybe a bigger issue but i think in when he was just starting to incorporate cgi into his movies i mean there was maybe no one better like the shot of gary sinise with his legs off as Forrest Lieutenant Gump. Dan and Forrest Gump. Contact yes. is also a great oh, movie. There is the shot in Contact where the mirror shot in Contact. I still, I still don't Incredible. understand. I still don't understand how they did it. I know. I, that's something else. They've ex- I've heard it explained how they did that opening shot, and I still don't quite understand. Doesn't, doesn't make sense to me. So good. Have you seen Contact, Alexis? No. Great. Dead oh. air. <laughs> Why do you do that to me? Okay, I have her name, by the way. It's Hilder Hilder Guanadotter. She's the one who did the score for Joker, and that is who I was listening to at the museum. So thank you so much. Nice. Yeah. Great. Excellent. Um, let's see what. Oh, uh, I mean, another great line from Meryl Streep in this movie is her delivery of 
Flaccid. Yeah, I love that. Flaccid. Flaccid. Oh, man. Flaccid. Flaccid. That must have been so fun for her. <laughs> she really was chewing that up. Apparently, she, was a great she time. did not like shooting this movie. Really? Yeah, it was. Zemeckis is like, you know, incredibly precise camera movements mm. having to work with effects Meryl Streep did not enjoy that but none of that shows on screen because no she's, yeah. I, she's I find that surprising yeah she's a trooper um, <laughs> I I think this movie is so funny because of like the way that it like you know explores not wanting to age you know and it yeah. kind of it kind of reminds me of X in a way because you know it's thinking about like you know kind of how ageist our society is in general. I thought that it would was very interesting that Goldie Hawn was in this movie because she famously has had, you know, like work done and people mm-hmm. like know of that. Um, but my main takeaway from this movie was that men are so easy. Good God. I mean, it's true. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, no objections here. Yeah, I'm dumb and easy to trick. You can, yeah. No, okay. You know, can I tell you, Young, can I tell you a story? And, yep. Please. Okay. So Please. when we were at the when we were at the bar last night, uh, me and Mick, there was somebody who was like buying me drinks, right? And uh, What's that like? What do you mean? Yeah, I've never experienced <laughs> that ever. It's nice. Tell us more. Uh, yeah, I love not spending my own money at the bar. It's great. It's incredible. Um, I I would highly suggest it if you can get on that, you know. Great, maybe, yeah, maybe just maybe just figure I, out a way to twink it up. I, you know, that's that's what we were talking about last night on the way over. Like, I, now that I'm losing all this weight, I can finally shave this horrible beard off, and then I can have a normal chin again, and I can finally get back into my good old twink mode. I'm really excited. Yes, I love it when he's in twink mode. It's I know you do. He, yeah. Yes. Um, anyways so I was at the bar Uh, this guy was buying me uh, drinks and then he was his name was Trey yeah Tangeray Trey (laughs) Tangeray Trey that is what excuse me and he wasn't Australian strangely enough my name's Tangeray Trey he was was from Michigan he knows how to taxidermy Okay. Oh, so this man's a killer. <laughs> yeah, he is a killer. He was—he talked to me about how he, he like kills birds or something like that, and he's like proud of it. And I was like, oh, they pay him to guy. do that. Somebody pays him to do that. I don't yeah. remember who, but I and I after a while I was like, oh my god, this man is like I don't know what is up with him, but um, yes, he was like he was like I don't know, you know, maybe we could, maybe I could move out here and we could get married, and I was like. <laughs> Classic taxidermist line. What? Okay. I can't wait to stuff you. I mean, uh, I can't wait to marry you. Okay, on that same note, though, on that same (laughs) note, he said something about me calling him daddy, and I said, absolutely not. If anything, you will be calling me daddy. Okay? And he said, he said, he, he said, I would never call a woman daddy. And I said, oh, just give it time. And then I worked him for like a few minutes and he literally, from his own goddamn mouth, he said, I don't know, maybe, maybe I, I don't know, maybe I could call you daddy. And I said, nice. That's right. You that's, work, that's, you work the magic. That's right. That's right, Tangeray Trey. And oh, this brings man. it full circle back to men are so easy. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, we're pretty. Yeah, no, literally, like Bruce Bruce Willis just got worked over so hard in this <laughs> well, film. You know, that's something I enjoyed about this movie. Actually, was uh, as it was uh, un- un- unfolding, I thought, oh, is this going to be just two be- beautiful, gorgeous women fighting over a man, man that's yeah. not worth it? Yeah, I was hoping but that wasn't going to be. It's it. not the yeah. case. No, they, basically, they revealed the true conflict of this was their friendship being severed at one point. Yeah, Bruce Willis is nothing more than a pawn from both of them they use him and they abuse him and i that was refreshing because at the end it's not oh neither of them get the guy both of them they have that realization like oh they have each other again yeah victory we have won the day friendship has conquered and bruce willis is dead happy Um, ending is that is that how that goes because the satire the the comedic satire of that must have been the fact that the man won at the end yeah also they cannot get along (laughs) no absolutely not they said no it's okay you paint my ass i'll paint yours and we'll just be together forever (laughs) yeah which is really funny it is funny incredibly funny if you've had a very close female friendship before as i'm sure you know Oh yeah. Yeah, I've had one before. (laughs) Um, it really do be like that, where you're just like, Wow, we're together so long. I hate you. Yeah. But I love you. But I hate you. That's my favorite part of any relationship is when the love begins to curdle into yeah, into resentment. I mean, just that's when things get real fun. It just reminds me of my of my upbringing, and my family. It just Same. makes it me brings, feel like home. It brings the trauma all for exactly. It's like, oh, know? love is actually hate. Oh, it's like my childhood. Uh, little Mick sitting in the back going, when are you guys going to get divorced? Oh, man. Those are good times. How are you guys doing over there? I'm doing great, actually. It's <laughs> we're, the, yeah, no, the, we're great. The weird thing is I said that with a smile on my face, unironically. See, which, Mick is, good? is talking about this good. guy being a serial killer at the bar, and he literally has all of the makings to be a serial killer. I don't... Oh, that, that reminds me. That is a me. lie. That, that is reminds a lie. me. All okay. the fires Mike starts, all the times he wets the bed. All, all the, the times he lurks he in your, the corner of your room when well, you're that's sleeping. Reassuring. That's reassuring. Uh, Alexis, we, on the, I think it was the last episode we were talking about, Dahmer. Was it? Or the yeah. episode before? Uh, my, I called my Listen parents. to the podcast. I called my parents and my mom. I was like, what are you doing? Mom said, oh, I'm just watching the Dahmer tapes. This is a really good show. This is really great. She was taking a psychology course in college right when he got caught. So they talked about him for like weeks. Yeah, that tracks. And it was so funny. After I was done calling my mom, I go outside. Someone was picking me up to go to this food festival. As as I'm waiting for waiting for her to pick me up, these three young boys on bikes are biking down the street, and one of them, one of I hear the one of them say to the other kids like, "Hey, you know who Dahmer is? You know who Dahmer is? I'm watching the Dahmer. The Dahmer, Dahmer. I hear them going away, and I'm like, oh, I can't wait to tell Alexis." I can't wait. Everyone. Jesus. It's literally I, everyone. Alexis, I still haven't seen it. And yet, it is. You still and are yet bringing I'm one of it his up biggest proponents. Day. Do not. Please do not claim to be a Dahmer proponent. We not, cannot. We will have to We cannot withstand. You. Yeah. We cannot withstand that. Uh, I wanted to say one more thing about Death Becomes Her, the movie we're talking about. Yes. Uh, the rating and the reason for it cracked me up i always love like a funny specific rating from the mpaa 
uh, like, for example, the one for Twister. Extreme weather. Uh, some depictions of very bad weather. Weather, that's what it is. Yes. Yeah, uh, this, it's uh, some nudity and off-color humor. Ooh, spicy. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the characters themselves were off-color. Yeah, you're yes. looking a bit gray there for a bit. <laughs> the a other... morally gray zone, too. I love it when Rigor Mortis kicks in. I, you gotta get to them before Rigor Mortis kicks in. Mike, we discussed this before. We have discussed this before. We actually have discussed this before. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's um, less fun. Another funny but still possible. Uh, I just can't get through this. I can't I can't talk about a movie. You guys are talking about preserving bodies. I just wanted to talk about the MPA. Yes, preserving bodies is what we're talking about. <laughs> oh. yeah. Let's go with that. Yeah, formaldehyde, sure. Just, Got me thinking about that Meryl line where she's like, maybe I'd have fun with one of your clients. At least then I'd get something stiff. That was such a good line. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you relate to that, that, Mickey boy? I did. I was like, oh, girl, you're right. <laughs> you're right, you're right, you're right. You're right, girl. Go yeah. queen, oh, go I also, I, I don't know, the the script is just so on point. Like, yeah. all the Great comedy. Screenplay. And, of course, the last straw for this man is literally attacking his physical manhood. Yep. That yeah. is his last straw, and that it's, that is on track. That is on. Yep. That's on trend right there. I yeah. I actually really like that because this is a movie that's largely focused on women's fears of aging because of like societal pressures. But like in that moment, you see that like oh no, no men are men are just just as insecure if not more, more so because you know insecure. if you attack if you attack uh you know his ability to use his dick he'll fucking kill you yeah <laughs> literally I've, i have maintained that quite often in my life it's the tough men that i meet that are the most sensitive for god's sakes you know they're so easily offended they're so easily you know they, they just hold grudges Ugh, so exhausting how, how do we put up with it why are they still around yeah why am i here I'm sorry, are you referring I... to yourself as a tough man? No, just men in general. Oh. Why don't we just off them? All of I us? I could get behind this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you already are. Yeah. I personally put to an end a few, so. Oh. Well, you know, I'm glad we have it on tape. I'm glad there's evidence. I'm going to get my computer out of this apartment when I leave so that you guys can't destroy that. Because uh, I need a record in case I go missing. This podcast is now evidence. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm going to pull in. Oh, no, go ahead. With that I want to say something about the movie. Yeah, no, go ahead. Uh, Mick brought this up. We were talking about how, like, sharp the script is, how it has that sort of, like, Neil Simon elevated dialogue feeling yeah. like a classical farce. And it, Mick was saying that it reminds him of one of my favorite movies, yeah, yeah. Clue. Yeah, it very much has that, that frantic, comedic energy to it that's so well-timed and well-beated out. It's, it's just so much. It's, it's fun to watch actors have fun. It's yeah. one of my favorite things. You know, they always talk about, you know, with, uh, you know, Scorsese or Tarantino movies. Oh, it seems like actors are having such a great time being there. I, I love that from Clue. It's one of my favorite aspects of that film. And yes, it definitely has Clue vibes to this. I love this one, the one moment where she's, Goldie Hawn is looking at herself in the mirror and she's blowing air into her eyes and she's practicing uh, the line that she's going to say where she says, um, 
Oh, I need to see. I need to see her right away. She's like, Madeline, I need to speak to Madeline. Yeah, and she tries it like a few different ways, and she keeps blowing this air into her eyes to get her eyes to water a little bit, and then she's like, "Yeah, that's good." <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> "Yeah, <laughs> that is unhinged in a way that I kind of love." <laughs> I love. I love the like dolly out to reveal her insane vision board yes that is that's great that's one of my favorite tropes and things i mean obviously you've got the beautiful pepe sylvia scene from it's always sunny in philadelphia anytime someone makes a massive board of cutout photos that looks insane i literally did that for of course you did. Of, <laughs> of course you did. I've done for, that. It was for a video that I oh. made about a serial killer. Okay, and then documentary. I, no, it was just autobiography. It was, it was a short narrative. A short narrative. We worked on. You that. know, inspired by certain. I things. ran sound on. Um, that. you did, and uh, and Ben was in it. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah and I so that. I I made him yep. a little serial killer mood board. I called it a mood board. Ben actually. playing a serial killer. It actually kind of fits. I love it you, really Ben. Did. It I mean was that as compliment. Yeah. Alexis, did I tell you that uh, Ben? Shout out to our friend Ben Gitterman. Hi, Ben. Hey, Ben. Uh, ben <laughs> is teaching an English class, and he assigned his students Realm of Nightmare. Shut up. He had them break down Realm of Night. Shut up. He had them analyze it. So, uh, my works as a writer and director are being taught in schools. Yes, that's true. That's so funny. Ben Gitterman, like, just showing that film to his students, who he is one of the main characters in. (laughs) I just love to think about what the students thought. It's, you know, it's. What is he teaching? Is it grade school or. uh, No, he's teaching high school. High school. Okay. Wow. Um, yeah, no, it's like that shot Good from... Him. Good uh, for you, Ben. It's like that shot from Hot Fuzz of... Uh, oh, my God. What's his name? Timothy Dalton? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. I yeah, where saying. he's standing yeah. in front of the picture of himself doing yeah. the same smirk. That's what Ben That's was great. doing with that movie. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, I was going to say something else about this movie. I forgot. Someone else take it away. Mm, Goldie Hawn slinking around in black while she's trying to get in and out of the mansion is so freaking funny. funny. Yeah, Yeah. putting on like an outfit that makes her look like a French cat burglar. Yes. And then wearing her sunglasses at night. Yo, when she almost almost got run over by the car, I was so tense. You you had just got to the apartment where that happened, and I was like, how did they do that? How'd they do that shot where she rolls over, the car reverses really quick, almost runs over her head? They didn't do it in reverse, right? No, I don't think so. So how did they do that? Did they blend it, you think? They did a clean plate. They had her do that. They had the car, and then they matched the camera movement, and then they just overlay each each frame on top of each other. Basically, three different shots tied into one. You have the car backing up. You have her rolling over it, and then a clean plate. That's That's how I would do it. Yeah, I'm just wondering how well they would have been able to execute that in, like, you know, yeah, 91, yeah. 92. Yeah. It's, yeah, no, that, that shot stressed really me out, great, too. Great yes. Shot. You can't run over be- Goldie Hawn. Because at that point, I had already kind of suspected, possibly, that she had also taken the potion. So I was like, oh, is this going to be the reveal? Are we going to get to see that she also took the potion? And then I was like, no, oh, okay. All right, shit, we just, we're going to keep going. All right. Um, I'm surprised this movie has a 54% of Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, no, I, it should be higher than that. It's it's a better movie than that. Yeah, definitely. 
It's uh, it's a better movie than several of movies. I mean, it's campy, that are... but that's not a bad. You know, thing. I think sometimes when things are satire, <laughs> sometimes people don't actually understand that they it's look satire. Down on it. Well, I think it's like, like if I didn't know that this was satire, I would be like. Well, fuck this. This is just about like women fighting over men and not wanting to age, and that's like a really shallow take on like women, you know, in general. But I mean, like it, it's 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 meant to be satire. Yeah. yeah. So I I think another good example of that is Starship Troopers. I was thinking of that too. Which, like notoriously, people were like, oh, they don't even get that the guys in this movie look like Nazis. Oh really? Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah sure. You know, that's one of the sure, most buddy. famous cases of misunderstood satire. You've got to watch it, Alexis. You'd really like it. Yeah, we probably should talk. We about should roll. We should. Re- that should be an episode. At I this think. point, I think this podcast has just become a way for you guys to get me to watch movies that I have not watched before. Yeah, I mean, yeah. kind of, basically. Yeah. Which is, is also in turn will be that for me too. Yeah, coming. So. Just yeah, in a, you know a few short weeks. Once we hit November, it's uh, it's my birthday month. It's Alexis time. <laughs> yes. Uh, do we have anything else on Death Becomes Her? Uh, just really quickly, uh, I love how Isabella Rosalini's character when we first meet her, you see her from you don't you don't see her because she's sitting in the chair and you have Meryl Streep sit down where that the buff henchman bodyguard says so she has. I love the move. Her. Make make room for the guest, but keep your ass handy. <laughs> and in that moment, I realized, yeah, I would work for her, too. I love that her henchmen are named Tom, Dick, and Harry. Yes, yeah, that's great. I love that. Yeah. So great. Um, yeah, overall, I had a great time. Bear in mind, I watched this with a, with a headache and feeling pretty tired, and I had and I was attentive the whole time. It kept me, it kept me going. That's great. Really, really good film. Yeah. I recommend I, it. I, a good spooky season Good, good date night movie, actually. Yeah. Yes. I, I definitely expected a lot from Meryl and Goldie, and they absolutely delivered. Um, I didn't have, like, any specific idea of what Bruce Willis was going to be bringing to this, because, like, I do not normally see him in comedies, and he yeah. just blew me away with yeah. his facial expressions and his the physicality of his character. Uh, it was great. It was cartoonish. Yeah, in, 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 yeah. In a, in a like, good way. There was like this one shot of him that it was like they were looking up at him and there was just like kind of blue or like lightning or something in the background and it looked almost like a, kind of like a Batman kind of pose yeah. or something, you know, like a superhero pose. It was very interesting. Yeah, that's probably my main takeaway. Oh my gosh, Bruce Willis is funny. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yes. Okay, well, uh, I think we've probably reached the end of our chat about Death Becomes Her. Uh, Please follow us on social media at FilmMajorsPod. We're on Twitter and Instagram. Keep checking the Instagram because I post a new movie from my uh, spooky movie list every single day. It's October 10th, so uh, the movie is Rosemary's Baby. And uh, next time on the podcast, we will be talking about one of my favorite spooky season movies the sumptuously directed bram stoker's dracula directed by francis ford coppola starring gary oldman winona ryder keanu reeves and anthony hopkins i love this because i think when this movie originally came out keanu said that he did not love his performance and uh, he's been kinder to himself as time has gone on. That is, exa- I mirror that. The first two times I watched it, I too was not kind on his performance. It was pretty 
pretty obvious that you were miscast. However, third viewing, it changed. And we'll talk about that on the next episode. Yeah, I've never seen it, so I'm so excited for this and the costume design. Alrighty, everybody. Thank you for listening, and uh, we're going to get out of here, and I'm going to run out of this apartment before something bad happens to me. Thanks. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs>